It's the world against us and us against the world. Those of you in favor of these articles, raise your right hands and say aye! Aye! up you know just just some swashing some buckling no no big deal that sounds pretty piratey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how i roll you know that's how i live my life that's not true i'm not a pirate but we are talking about pirates today in the most classical sense of them yes we've gone back in time Woo! some that sounds like a ghost many years let's just say i haven't done the math you haven't done the math no it's 1935 guys so let's do some math about 70 years Yes. That's 70 years. Nailed it. That's right. Today, we are talking about a classic pirate movie, Captain Blood. Captain Blood. Captain Blood. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun to say his name. It is fun. I'm just trying to do that as much as possible. Anywho, I suppose we should get started. Now, this is, like we said, one of our um, less modern. This is a 20th century Hollywood Warner Brothers production. Mm-hmm. Classic black and white. Not sure if a lot of people have seen it, but they should because it's awesome and it's really fun to watch because, let's be real, a lot of stuff that happens in there pops up, surprisingly, in some of the other movies we've previously discussed. So it's nice to see kind of like some of the more original classics of the genre. There are many consistent pirate themes. Indeed. There's a lot of watching. pirate movies. I think you should go first on this. Um, can you tell me... When you saw this movie first, and if you maybe even saw it more than once? Yeah, yeah, I suppose I could I could uh, take the reins on that one. Uh, the, the short answer is I don't remember the first time I was aware of this movie or saw it, but I, I was young. I think probably like elementary, middle school, maybe? That makes sense. Yeah, but it's a weird thing where it's just like, uh, my mom really loves this movie. Uh, I think she like grew up on it on that side of the family, and they were just a big fan. And I finally got to watch it, and I was just like, "This is fun." And then uh, would catch it every now and then, and then started watching it more and more. And I was like, "You know what? This is actually pretty effing delightful." And you know, kind of the more you get into movie history and and seeing old school movies, it's really fun to to go mm-hmm. back and watch this and be like, "You know, this is 1935, and like this holds up really well. Like this is such an adventure romp." Yeah. Um, you know, for what they had available in terms of filmmaking, they really pulled it off. It's impressive. So yeah, uh, I remember liking it. I remember uh, <laughs> liking Olivia de Havilland because she just giggles a lot, but mm-hmm. she's like feisty and has a personality, which is not always the case in in some of the movies in the '30s uh, for adventure romps. Um, she is in the kind of damsel in distress role that we all know and love was kind of had a twist on it with Miss One Elizabeth Swan in our modern pirate movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. And this is kind of, you know, like, I don't want to say like a precursor to it because obviously they're not a one for one ratio, but I just remember really enjoying her because she was feisty and mm-hmm. yeah, she is a little swoony, but I'll let it slide. So uh, what about you? Well, you know, I'm not I'm an old movie expert. Neither am I. <laughs> and uh, I first saw this movie uh, a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. it was generally uh, a little bit more um, modern than perhaps I expected. Mm-hmm. A little, uh, like you said, uh, s- similarities are, are not that hard to find with the modern pirate movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it, it has many hallmarks of being from 1935. Indeed. But yeah, that's my experience. It's, Did you enjoy it's brief. it? It was a nice romp, right? <laughs> yes, I did enjoy it. It breezes by mm-hmm. pretty quick. I thought there were some interesting things about it, especially structurally, uh, compared to modern, well, pirate movies, but also just um, blockbusters and things, action movies in general, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It, it's not presented in exactly the same way. Definitely not. No. Wholeheartedly agree on that. Yeah, so I guess we should probably, because this is arguably probably uh, not as well known or as well widely seen uh, as, you know, that big Boston Disney franchise we had just finished discussing uh, for now. But I suppose we should probably discuss the plot briefly, just as a, a little refresher for everybody. If how you haven't fast seen can it, you do how it? How fast can I do it? Let's see. Um, so you have an Irish doctor who basically gets sentenced to treason. He's very he, Irish. He's so Irish. <laughs> you can tell so, because people often refer to him as being Irish. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's his Irish blood. And you're like, what? <laughs> yes. So it's an Irish doctor, Peter Blood. And he is called upon to attend to one of the rebels of rebellion up against uh, King James II. He gets arrested and sentenced to treason because he was helping the other side, even though he technically wasn't fighting. He was just doing his sacred duty. This is the the late 1600s, I believe, is is what it says. I believe so. Yes. So he gets sentenced to death with a bunch of other dudes who were part of the rebellion, including one Jeremy Pitt. We see you, Jeremy Pitt. Get back to you later. We see you. Yep. And basically what happens is King James likes to say the word splendid a lot, decides, you know, we're kind of, it might be good for us to, instead of killing all of these guys who were fresh labor, basically, we'll just instead of killing them, turn them into slaves, send them down to the Caribbean, and they'll just work on some plantations and pay off their debt to society that way. So uh, they escape the noose and are sent down to the Caribbean, where they are in Port Royal, which I don't know if uh, you remember that, but that is also the exact same port where our adventure begins for Pirates of the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. Curse of the Black Pearl. And Long story short, there's a <laughs> a bidding war for Captain Blood, who's not yet the captain. Should clarify that. Peter He's just Blood. Doctor Peter Doctor Blood. Doctor Blood. And we have a couple key players here. We have the current governor of Port Royal, who has really bad gout and makes me laugh really hard. And then we have like a military commander of of the port, Bishop, and he has a niece with him, one Arabella Bishop. And she doesn't want the slaves to go to another dude in, like, the salt mines or something because she's, like, not about that life. But still into slavery, so I'll buy Peter Blood, and it's going to annoy him. And then I'm going to send him to go work for my uncle. And long story short, uh, Peter Blood gets into good graces of the governor who has gout because he actually knows how to treat gout, which kind of upsets the two doctors that were currently in that Mm -hmm. position of favor. And by being able to curry the favor of the governor, he starts to generate a plan to escape with a bunch of the other slaves. They basically do so because the port is attacked by pirates. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, by some very Spanish pirates. Yes. (laughs) 
in case the coding of the costuming wasn't clear, they are Spanish. They are as Spanish as he is Irish. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. He's so Irish, he sounds Australian. Anyway, um, they basically, the ship that they are going to use to escape is destroyed. So instead, they're like, well, we'll just take the Spanish ship. They do. They save the town. And to thank them, Lieutenant Bishop goes aboard and says, thank you. And he realizes, oh, my God, it's all my slaves. They saved the day. I'm really proud of them. And they're like, ha later, bro. Throw him away. And he literally shakes his fist and is like, I'll get you. <laughs> And then we have a beautiful montage of Peter Blood, who does have a lot of, you know, maritime experience prior to becoming a doctor. Yes, yes. Um, just because, like, the scourge of the Caribbean, and everybody's like, blood, 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 and um, they hang out yeah, at Tortuga. In, like, a, a somewhat noble way. Yeah, in, like, a noble way. He's got, they've got the articles. A noble scourge. A noble scourge. A noble way to celebrate It's true. They, we'll get into that. They are, oh, they are, uh... Oh, yeah. The good kind of pirates. They're the good kind of pirates. You know, the ones that don't rape people. <laughs> so anyway, um, he becomes really famous in the Caribbean, and he hangs out at Tortuga, and on his way there, they pass an English ship, and they're like, should we fire on her? And they're like, nah. And he's like, okay, I'll let her go. Little does he know that English ship actually has Arabella on it. She is sailing to England, and he hangs out in Tortuga for like three or four months. She hangs out in England for three or four months, he decides to buddy up with Captain Levasseur, who is a French captain, played very by French. Basil Rathbone, who we all love and adore. And they were just like, let's join forces, mon ami. That's my French accent. This is why I don't do accents. Anyway, Captain Blood agrees to it. He's like, yes, we'll just basically become our own little fleet, but we'll sail under my articles, my rules. And he's like, yeah, totally, dude. Not a problem. You're not going to regret this at all. Immediately regrets it. They go. They pillage the plunder. They decide to meet back at an island. And little do they know, when Captain Blood arrives on the island, he's like, oh, my God. Pretend that you guys don't recognize her. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's right. Arabella has been captured. And the person that she has also been captured with on her voyage is a very, very important dude who is an emissary for the new king of England. And basically, they fight over Arabella, the French captain, and Peter Blood. And Peter Blood ends up killing the French captain. Rest in peace. Basil Rathbone, love is Very sad. And uh, he brings Arabella and all of her people, including the royal emissary, his name is Lord Willoughby, on board. And he's like, I'm going to drop you guys off. And also, I really dig you, but don't know how to communicate that to you, Arabella. Here's some jewels I got on my pillage and plundering. And she's like, I hate you. And he's like, you belong to me. It's really problematic. Anyway, long story short, he's like, fine, I'll drop you off at Port Royal. And I'm really grumpy about it. And she's like, whoa, he really loves me. But what's going on here? And they arrive at Port Royal. Lord Willoughby is like, hey, bro, I'm here to, like, give you clemency and ask you to, like, fight for the king. And he's like, fuck no, we're not going to fight for the king. That guy sucks, King James. He's like, whoa, Tortuga has really taken it out of you. You are super misinformed. King James II has been taken over by good King William of Orange and Mary. And uh, he's like, what? Oh, my God, this changes everything. Let's go save Port Royal. And they totally do. So they sneak up on some French ships, do a little devious flag play. They win the day. And the whole reason why they're able to actually do that is because Arabella's uncle, who has now been made governor of Port Royal, mm -hmm. didn't leave his navy behind to protect the port because he's so freaking hellbent and, you know, raising Captain his Blood. fist, Captain Blood, that he went off to try and find him. 
basically gets kicked out of the position being like, you fucked up as a governor, bro. Now you're going to have to beg for mercy to the new governor. Governor who, Blood. Lo and behold, Governor Blood reunited with his one love, living their best life. and uh, That's the movie. And that's the movie. That's it. In a nutshell. That was a lot of detail. Did you like that? Yes. <laughs> I'm really bad at summaries. I just want to tell everybody everything that Well, happens. that is everything. So yeah. we don't have to worry. No. You got it. Yep. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should talk about some of the the parallels that we see in this story to the more modern Pirates of the Caribbean series that we have seen. Um, I guess the obvious one is obviously the location. They're mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They're at Port Royal. They are also hanging out in Tortuga. And across the board, Tortuga is the place to be if you just want to like get drunk and have a good time. It's like the Vegas of the Caribbean. Mm, it's great. Yeah, just spending all that money, hooking up with them ladies. You know, as they say, Camden, celebrating in pirate fashion. Yes. Uh, so obviously the locale, there's a lot of similarities, but there is even, to some extent, the structure of how it is to be a pirate, which this is historical. There are pirate accords when you join a ship. There's a set of rules. It basically breaks down like how the bounty is going to be shared. Obviously, if you get injured, you'll get a little bit more depending on mm-hmm. the injury. Um, everybody's articles are a little bit different, as evidenced in the movie with the French buccaneer, Captain Levisseur. He has uh, the ridiculous articles. His articles are slightly looser. Yes. Um, And basically, Captain Blood's articles are probably very distinguishable by the fact that, like, you're not taking any women. You're not doing it, guys. I won't allow it. Only the murder. Yeah, only the murder. And if you want to shoot off your own toe, totally cool. All the murdering is good. (laughs) Yeah, murdering's fine. We're we're fine with that. so the articles are kind of similar to the Pirate's Code and the flexibility of that where, you know, some are a little bit more rigorous about it than others. And um, what else? There's also, because of the Pirate's Code or the articles as it is in this movie, if you go against them, you're going to be marooned on an island with a, I think it's a little bit different, but basically they're like, we'll give you some water and bread and a pistol with one shot. Yeah, yeah. Which is, of course, very similar to what happened to Captain Jack when he was marooned on an island. So those are just kind of the general basics. You do have the trope of the governor's relative, mm-hmm. usually a niece or a daughter, at one point being captured by pirates, including one that she is in love with who is also in love with her. Well, the first thing that I think of in terms of trying to compare pirate movies is just the ways they justify the morality of the pirates, like <laughs> you're saying. Yes. With the rules. Um, there's always got to be something, you know, because they can't just be pirates. No. you got to be able to root for them. Pirates with a purpose. Yes. Mm. And um, this is a, a method that I believe you said is somewhat common in, in old pirate movies mm. where they're not necessarily pirates by choice to begin with. Correct. Uh, you know, they're, they're escaped slaves and no one wants them around. They have no choice. Yeah, they, they choose their freedom. You know, yes. piracy is freedom. Yes. And... Um, as the montage continues, it does sort of seem like uh, they've just, they're just pirates now, you know? Yeah. And they do piratey things and they yeah. they rob and murder and all that. Yeah. But, like, it's associated with freedom. Yeah, it's fine. You know and, what yes. is really interesting is, <laughs> it's so stupid, I love it. Um, while they are still slaves, and our good friend Peter Billette is like, alright guys, are you all with me? I have a plan to escape. And they're like, 
oh, hell yeah, we're with you. He's like, well, it might be a little tough at first, but don't worry, we've got... <laughs> We've got our navigator, Jeremy Pitt, and then one of the guys piped up and he's like, Psh, I used to be a master gunner for the Navy. And they're like, what? And one other guy's like, oh, that's nothing. I used to do this. And he's like, oh, my God, I surrounded myself with men who are already really just a crew. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, they already have these skill sets. Um, but it is really funny because, again, that is kind of a basis in history of you would have people who did used to be members of the Royal Navy mm-hmm. and for one reason or another found themselves on the wrong side of the law and so they did turn to piracy um so it is just really funny that you know all the guys he went to prison with are like i am great at sailing ships yeah. don't worry about it they they resolve the morals the yes. morality uh, yes. at the end of the story mm-hmm. by making them um fight for uh, england again yes and um that seems to be the way around it in this case uh, mm-hmm. not only were they unintentionally made pirates yes but although they had some pirate fun during the middle of the movie you know at the end they they resolved to Mm -hmm. become noble uh fighters for the crown again yeah which i think resolves any lingering sense of um uh moral cognitive dissonance there Mm -hmm. basically there's also a worse pirate yes that is significant i think there has to be a worse pirate example you know Mm -hmm. his his he does many of the same things as them but is clearly shown to do them with a, a looser moral code and yes. uh, doesn't have noble ideas about things like defending ladies and whatnot. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. Agreed. I was going to say, I think it's it's clear, especially at the, the end, where poor Lord Willoughby is trying to be like, can't you just join the Royal <laughs> Navy and I'll give you full pardons? And they're like, no, we, we ain't about that. As soon as they find out that, like, England's new king is William of Orange, you're just kind of like, oh my god, guys, before we didn't have a country, but now we have a country again. Now we don't have to be pirates. It was piracy as protest of the government. Yeah, Um, which is interesting because this is actually a pretty political movie, the way you think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's there's some layers, there's some romance, there's some action, there's politics. And then, of course, you know, on top of all that, there's the actual filmmaking and and some of the coding of the characters where it's like we're talking about you know slavery and we're talking about this and that but um it's just really interesting to see how those topics are handled in 1935 (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh because like you said there's a pirate who is worse than them and he's French, and he's at between the two of them. And this is a very common adversary that is paired up against Erflin in the movies. It's always Erflin sword fighting Basil Rathborn, and unfortunately, Basil is always losing because he is the bad guy. Um, but even just how they're they're colored, I mean, like obviously it's black and white, but you can just tell by just the way that they have dressed them and stuff that like, you know, he's French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not like a dashing, you know. Irishman. Irishman. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, and it's kind of the same way when they're slaves. They're all white dudes in slavery. The only, I think, character of color that you see on screen is the little boy who follows oh, yeah. the governor around, which is also kind of, I don't know if it's intentional or not, a very similar um, visual cue that is referenced in the very first Pirates of the Caribbean movie when Jack arrives on the docks. Oh, yeah. And they tell him, like, oh, you, you know, it's a shilling to tie up your boat. And he has the little uh, boy walking around with him as his personal attendant. 
Um, the, so it's the just boy in Captain Blood is kind of conspicuous almost in how um, much he stands out. Like, yes. someone thought we should have him in here for, for like, the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. Even though generally our, our movie is about all these slaves, but we don't really want to make the movie about race, you know. Yes. It's 1935. Yeah. So, like, we're going to sidestep that. Completely. Because, of course, you know, there, there would have been these these white slaves as well pressed yeah. into service but their way of stepping around it is is just to only have them be like that yes. and then there's this brief moment of i guess we should acknowledge that due to the setting and the time period <laughs> and everything else that yeah. there might be some other people involved yes um, it's just interesting to even see like how the slave masters are coded they're they're these really rough like kind of surly darker looking dudes they just they don't look european basically mm -hmm. And it's funny because even when you do have a mix of people in, in the pirate gang world, they're European, but they're bad if they're Spanish and they're bad if they're French. And of course that makes sense because within the context of the movie, which is based off of a book, you're yeah, rooting for the English. And the Spanish and the French are always going to be fighting with England in these types of pirate movies where like, you know, you're in pirate waters and nationalities and it's after the Elizabethan era. Those countries are always fighting each other. I have to say, uh, judging by the um, at world's at world's end. Yes. Um, I don't know if the uh, portrayal of French pirates has progressed much. In, I don't think it has. Years. To be honest. <laughs> there, um, oh man. One might say that French pirate in at world's end is actually more of a stereotype. Yes, so. I would. I would wholeheartedly agree. We've regressed. Um, we have. In terms of the French, apparently. I think we've regressed a little bit, too, in terms of the the Spanish pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't remember. Just a little bit. Oh, like... In the Brethren part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the later one as well. I remember that. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, to say the least, it's a political movie. It's really interesting to watch it and be like, wow, the, the Caribbean's really white. But then you look at the context, the historical context of when the movie's being made, the source material that it's based off of, and, you know, just the film industry in general at the time. You're just like, yeah, it is actually <laughs> weird to see this and also be like, that makes sense. It's not great, but it's obviously there. Um, one of my other favorite things about this movie and not in a good way, is aside from the coding of the characters, um, I love the title cards in, the, in this movie, and it's just something that is just so inherently like classic Hollywood old school black and white film. It's just kind of obviously like a transition over mm -hmm. from the silent era. They, they do have title cards, um, and people don't really make movies like that anymore, but it is fun to see how they deliver exposition in these title cards and what information they're giving you and how it's worded because they're basically similar to the coding of the characters kind of giving you like a code for like oh this is a pirate lifestyle obviously it's clearly very sanitized and whitewashed mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. version we're giving you but there are just some things that we just can't get around so obviously one of my favorite ones is when the spanish pirates attack the port uh, on the night of peter blood and his crew's escape and they have them, you know, do their attacking the port, which again is very similar to the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the first one, where uh, Barbosa's crew is coming aboard and having a great time pillaging and plundering the, the town. Very similar. But the best is, after they do that, and it's very stirring and scary, they're like, oh look, and now the pirates are having fun. They're being rambunctious and shooting in the air and being really drunk. And the title card is like, 
you know, they're doing their usual rabble-rousing, the drinking and pillaging and celebrating in pirate fashion, and you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> Hello. They're, I told you, yeah, celebrating in pirate fashion means that they're drinking a lot of rum. Yeah, that's clearly what it means. Yes. Wild. But it is interesting for them to be like, to even write that. And you're like, oh, it's just such an old-timey thing, but at the same time, it's like... Well, there was an attempt with the limitations and the time period for them to be like, yes, these are the bad guys. We can't tell you that they're doing the things they're doing, but we can make an attempt. And and those are those, yeah, those are the bad ones. Yes. And I'd say if the theme of the movie is clearly about the difference between like nobility and true nobility in a way, you know, mm-hmm. they're fighting against Absolutely. the, the uh, corrupted king. Uh, and they become pirates, but they're actually you know, more honorable in their piracy is the idea, mm-hmm. uh, which of course means they're contrasted with the other pirates, you know, to say that that doesn't mean the pirates are inherently a noble, but these ones are, because mm-hmm. these are our good guys that are doing it for, in a way are doing it for king and country, just yes. for a proper king and country, exactly. once there will be one, which there isn't until the end of the movie. Yes, in that way, in that regard, speaking of, you know, having just common casting and adversaries it is very very similar a lot of the story beats and unsurprisingly so to um errol flynn's robin hood yes uh where you you almost have like a beat for beat similar scene where um our hero errol flynn has been told that um you know the king is there to pardon them and and he's like i'm not about it (laughs) men are you about it they're like hell no we're not about it and then the someone, one way or another, has to be like, no, not that guy, this guy. And they're like, oh, that guy. Why didn't you say? We have a new king. He's <laughs> better. Yes. Or alternatively, the king that you loved has come home. And yes. you're like, what? Oh, my God. We have to find him. And he's like, he's right here. <laughs> um, so it's a very funny, similar story beat of like, we are outlaws by choice because we are forced in a circumstance that is not tenable because it is being upheld by corrupt government and policies mm-hmm. um so we've turned to an alternative lifestyle and are really thriving an alternative lifestyle <laughs> yes alternative pirate fashion exactly it's really fun to watch mm-hmm. i really like that and then i also of course love the pairing this is their very first on-screen pairing i believe between Flynn and olivia de havland and i believe it's also the first um sword fight between him and basil rathbone poor basil having to of course lose even mm-hmm. though he is the better fencer um, but it is really fun to see this and see it as like this is the beginning of Errol career kind of I mean this is the thing that made him famous it made him a household name and as they'll tell you and like during the production it's like Warner Brothers was kind of taking a big risk they they had a couple hits with the success of certain pirate movies like there was the popularity of like Treasure Island Count of Monte Cristo um, they'd actually already made a there's a pirates a Captain Blood uh, movie. It's a silent film mm. that came out before this one, and they're like, you know, what? maybe we should do this. Um, <laughs> maybe In we should sound. Make, we should make one with sound and base it off of this guy's book. Um, and so they did all of that, and it's very expensive. I think it, it took them like a million bucks to make, which in 1935 is like insane. And to have that coupled with the fact that you're going to have two people headlining it who were not big household names yet obviously Mm -hmm. this launches them to that level i mean it paid off like it was a hit it was a fun movie everybody liked it um well i don't know if everybody liked it but it was a success a critical success obviously i think there are some complaints that the costume was not uh 
historically accurate. But is I think not? we'll let that slide. Oh no! If you look at Arabella's costume and think like, "Oh, this is supposed to take place like King James the Second time," I don't think, I don't think it's quite right. No. no. Um, but yeah, it's so funny to see like this one movie launch so many people who are just considered classics. I mean, you've got obviously Arthur and Olivia de Havilland as the romantic pairing, with Basil Rathbone as like the lead villain. And then on top of that, you also have the director, uh, who also directed Aeroflynn a million times, but obviously most prominently in Robin Hood. Um, his name, oh my god, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> Michael Curtis, there we go. And then, obviously, the composer is also the composer for Robin Hood. And that's Eric Wolfgang Korngold, who is just a classic Hollywood composer. And all of them just kind of, you know, this was their big break. Like, this is the first time that Errol Flynn had a leading role. He was so nervous. He They had to go back and reshoot some of his scenes later in the production because he would actually had confidence to do them. It's just really interesting to see how yeah. all these pieces came together. And it is fun to see that apparently if you make a pirate movie and it seems to be a risk of, like, unknowns or teetering unknowns or on the brink, it seems to do really well, even though it's super expensive, um, as long as you've got, you know a good cast, a good director, and all the elements coming together. So that, in that way... You just have to have the set pieces. Yes. Which is another interesting thing to discuss. So, obviously, you watch it, and you're like, this is a very well-made movie for 1935. They've got a lot of tricks up their sleeve. Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's just some things they can't do. But if you go back and you try and research it after seeing it, you're like, oh, they used a bunch of models. It's very obvious if you're looking for it. They reuse footage all the time. It's interesting to learn that that footage wasn't shot for Captain Blood. It was actually a lot of it was taken. The sea battles were taken from a silent movie called The Seahawk, which will get remade and we will cover because, surprise, Errol Flynn is in it. If only we could do all that now, you know? I know. Just need an action sequence. Just go find one for an older movie. Exactly. Um, And so it's just really fun to watch and be like... (laughs) You'll watch a montage at the beginning where it's like Captain Blood has, you know, finally stepped up and he's captain and they've escaped their, they're beginning their career as pirates. And you watch that montage and then you just watch the end of the movie and you're just like, it's the same footage. It's the same footage of Errol Lynn like cheering on his men to fight. It's just like shot for shot. So funny yeah. to see. Well, you say at the beginning of the movie, mm. although one of the things I thought was interesting about it is that it's not really at the beginning of the movie. It's like... 40 minutes in or something. Yeah. Um, because this movie takes its sweet time to get to piracy. Oh, yes. Uh, like, I think if you didn't already know what you were watching, you wouldn't know it was a pirate movie mm-hmm. until sometime a third of the way through. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a movie about a, um, a doctor who has been misapprehended uh, and pressed into, into slavery. And, like, he's going to try to get out. Yeah. Which actually is just sort of the the prologue for his pirate career Mm -hmm. i mean it's important throughout the movie of course since they come back and come full circle but it's just so interesting to me because if a modern movie was to do this same plot it would probably try to breeze through all that in about 15 minutes yes and be like and now you're a pirate and and this movie does that has him there you know it shows him hanging out uh, helping the gout Mm -hmm. helping Uh, out that gout (laughs) yeah of all that and um bonding with various other pirates and we see meeting Jeremy um, <laughs> Arabella yes and sort of slowly going through all that you know it's like like i guess in a modern movie he would 
become a slave, mm-hmm. meet the other slaves, say we gotta escape, and then you would see scenes of them trying to escape, and they would escape. In this movie, it's it's actually like he wants to escape, and then uh, a lot of other scenes happen, and by the time they're actually escaping, it legitimately feels like he's been there for a while, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of beneficial, just surprising in terms of uh, what you might expect from a modern approach. Mm-hmm. What I love about that sequence uh, is when he is a slave in the Caribbean, is like you said, they take their time with it. Obviously, it's not made for a modern audience in mind in terms of pacing and editing, but it is fun to watch because like there's so much setup and build up that's so crucial for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's establishing certain dynamics with his future crew members. He's they're also and the um, b- bishop guy and right? bishop. He's setting up a, a, a kind of an outlier antagonist over the entire course of the of the film. Um, he's not always like such an imposing threat, but he is the main threat at the you know at the bookend of it. It's like he's the main bad while mm-hmm. they're you know captured and slaves, and he's also the main bad at the very end that they are able to overcome. It's also laying the groundwork for the love story between him and Arabella. But on top of all that, it's letting the film breathe in a sense of like the audience gets a chance to spend time with Peter Blood and Errol Flynn as Peter Blood and kind of fall in love with him as a character because he's just so damn charismatic that like in a whirlwind of an escape which they have been playing for a while it's very kind of Monte Cristo I wonder if that has something to do with it since that movie came out around the same time and was mm-hmm. a success of like we're planning the escape we're on the edge of our seat we really hope this happens We've, we've accounted for as many variables as we can. Tonight's the night. We gotta go. It doesn't all go according to plan, but they still manage to get out. It just, it gives you time to see, like, okay, in the context of this crazy escape, I can see why these guys would follow him. He's a very charismatic, clever man. He's funny. has a sense of humor. Apparently, he's Irish, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you watch this film... And if you knew nothing about Errol Flynn and his career and only watched this film, you could be like, oh, I could see this guy. I could see why he becomes a big Hollywood star. Plus, uh, he seems to be at least six inches taller than everyone else in the cast. That helps. That really helps. I think that's also one of his main appeals is like, I think one of the original actors who was cast as Captain Blood couldn't do it is because he had health problems and was like, I can't, like, for this role, I cannot do this. And, like, that's something that Errol Flynn, at least in his early years, was really well known for, is, like, he's he's an athlete. He's, like, a natural athlete. He's going to do the stunts. He looks like he could actually do them mm-hmm. in that time period. Like, he's a very active dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is definitely a star-making role, and you can tell, and I think it's just further enhanced and supported with the fact that he doesn't immediately turn pirate. Yeah. Like, you get to get his personality first, and that's really well, nice. You could believe that he is a more noble pirate, because yes. you already believe that he is a noble character before he has to be a pirate. Exactly. Um, I liked that just lots of different members of his crew, and, and also just other characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. You all have that, that great, I don't know, old old movie thing where so many of them just remind me of characters or actors I've seen mm-hmm. elsewhere like they're you can tell that they're these actors that just played this exact they're character, character actors, role like yeah. a million times you know like old grizzled uh crewman guy yes. and, or whatever that that one guy that um who's my favorite I have to say 
There was this guy Little. that just quoted um, oh, scripture. The yes, all the time. <laughs> it's uh, Revan Ogle, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. So in the like, the battle scenes, he just like <laughs> quotes scripture at all of his uh, opponents right before he defeats them. It's pretty great. <laughs> Very I love mockingly. Him. I love Honesty Nettle because he's the he's the guy who, despite his name being Honesty, is always doing dishonest things. Uh. Like, um, trying to shoot off his toe because he thinks that'll get yeah. him more money in, according to the pirate articles. Um, I, I mean, there, there are a lot of different little pirate types here mm-hmm. that you can see in all sorts of yeah. similar movies. I mean, uh, uh, the, the master gunner who was like, oh, I used to be with the Navy yeah. is just like, his name's, uh, Hagthrope, I think. Um, it's just like such an archetype for Gibbs later on because it's like yeah, yeah the, here are these like characters who have like a really... the guy that never stops squinting yeah <laughs> that's that's a pirate type yeah of um, course we have yes Jeremy Jeremy Pitt Jeremy Pitt who is I guess like the you know more noble is not the word I'm looking for he he's is, a less roguish pirate he you is know. definitely like the robin to errol flynn's batman yes. he is like a quintessential good-looking sidekick like if errol flynn wasn't in this movie he would be the main character he seems more innocent sort yes. of he's like straightforward I yeah guess. it's like a like i said like a batman and robin it's like a mentor mentee relationship but yeah. they're a well, little closer in one age of, one of those things i mean in the in the setup mm-hmm. before they're pirates um it does make you care more about him and the crew and Mm-hmm. All that, like he, the way he he sort of takes care of Jeremy and also tries to reassure him, you know, because he for a few scenes sort of plays the role of guy who just doesn't believe yes. it's gonna happen. I'm not, They're not going to get, get to the out. boat. Shut yeah. up, Jeremy. You're and get and there. him reassuring Jeremy makes you like him a lot, I think, mm-hmm. because uh, he just you know he seems like a the leader basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Plus, you know, they just got all those lingering looks. Oh, my God. Okay, guys, I'm just saying. I love that you looked this up because I was like, there's got to be something here. There is, if you want to find it, guys, there is some fan fiction between one Jeremy Pitt and Captain Blood. And I see it, man. I totally see it. The way they frame and shoot certain things, I'm just like, look out, Olivia de Havilland. You might have some competition here. I mean, he probably had more screen time, so. I mean, honestly, yeah. (laughs) It's true. And then also there's obviously the relationship between Arabella and Captain Blood. Yeah. And she is fun and feisty because um, obviously she's a little bit different than arguably their most famous romantic pairing of Robin Hood made Marion. But she's feisty and doesn't quite understand the system and is very against pirates. Mm. And it's similar in that manner to like Maid Marion where she's like feisty, doesn't quite understand like the Normans and the Saxons issue. Oh, she's very disappointed in she's um, so Captain Blood. She's so disappointed in Captain Blood. You know, like, I heard uh, he seemed like a nice man, and now I heard he's just been pirating. And what's with that? And she has to meet him again and realize that oh, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's he's okay. okay. He's got some fine fine bling that's come with it, so. Yeah. Um, no, it is really fun to see her, because, like, she's immediately intrigued by him, and enjoys annoying him, but really what she is doing whether she realizes or not is she's trying to make his life as a slave as easy as possible by elevating him and getting him out of those situations you know it's not like she's looking at any of the other slaves and being like i gotta defeat this horrible like systemic (laughs) issue of injustice it's no like that guy i'm gonna help him (laughs) so it's not like she's amazing but it is really fun to see that 
I think they see in each other, like, there is, she does kind of have her own brand of justice, and he has a very strong moral code, and obviously she does too by the time it, it rolls around to piracy. I think there must be something to be said about the difference in a modern movie mm. and this sort of thing, where uh, if you were to make a attempt to make a action-adventure movie that's supposed to be very likable and fun, mm-hmm. now... Um, you probably would find some way to make that character actually um, be against slavery or, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, clearly align with modern values. I think it's indicative of the different approach in the 1930s that, you know, they just kind of think it takes place in the 1600s. Um, she likes Captain Blood. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't really particularly have strong feelings about anything else about the situation or anyone else yeah um and it's not going to be a problem because i guess they were maybe just more comfortable with the idea that like i don't know it's in the past it'll be fine whereas uh, i think people are a little more uh, worried if they were to make a movie Mm -hmm. now which perhaps they should be it is a fuzzy question just like any question of pirate morality that we've been talking about mm-hmm. with these movies of the weird line between trying to write something in the past or with pirates mm-hmm. where you want the characters to be loved by the audience but also you can't literally just make them people from 2020 right um and in this movie much like with most of the other theoretically controversial issues they just sort of sidestep it <laughs> completely yeah yeah it's interesting i really do love olivia to have them though and i don't think this is like a huge meaty role for her but similar to well it's interesting how how she's gone for for so long in the yes middle. she has such an impact it may be also because she's like the only woman in the movie um aside from his i think his housekeeper made at the very yeah. beginning well you know pirates right i know i know and they've got that rule about women, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I've heard. I take it back. She's not the only woman. There's all those Tortuga ladies. That's true. I apologize. There are a lot of Tortuga ladies. completely skipping over them. That is embarrassing. They look like they would be fun to party with. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's all they do. Yeah. Is party. And celebrate in pirate fashion. Of course. <laughs> if there's an exchange of a monetary exchange. That's what Tortuga is all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. So do you have a favorite character, favorite scene, favorite moment? Uh, well, I told you, I, I like that preacher guy. <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, I think Captain Blood is basically the best the best character, you Hands know. Down, he's, yeah. He centers the movie. He is. I mean, the movie's called Captain Blood, guys. You, like. you root for him and <laughs> yeah. all that. Uh, everyone does feel a bit like a, a vessel to support him. show something else of him, yeah, to, to a foil for him. Mm-hmm. Even, I was thinking that it's, it's a little episodic in, in that way, like... Maybe because I know about his history with uh, the Errol Flynn, Basil Rathbone situation of, mm-hmm. of fighting each other. I expect like him to be in it more, you know. But instead, uh, it's like he shows up later. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's this other villainous pirate. And I feel like within 20 or 30 minutes, that's sort of resolved. And they've had their fight. And I might have expected that to be more the conclusion. But of course, the conclusion is more the, the return to Port Royal, yeah. which is just interesting. Um, because it's like there's a checklist of, well, we got to make sure there's an evil pirate uh, duel in here or something like mm-hmm. that. And same thing with 
um, Arabella, where it's like, well, and there's got to be this romance, but neither of them are what the movie is like about necessarily. Mm-hmm. The movie is just about Captain Blood doing yeah. all these different things. It feels like almost like a serialized adventure yeah. movie all in one go. This could be several different things exactly in a row, and they do tie together. I mean, like he fights. <laughs> I don't remember his name. He fights Mr. French. Captain. Levis you. Levis you. Yeah, um, to r- rescue Arabella. Um, Arabella. And Lord Willoughby. Uh, they're not just disconnected, but still, these things kind of just pop up and then disappear from the story like that, and that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about the general idea of, of the set pieces, and it's interesting. I felt like I was trying to count them. Mm. Of course, we've talked about how older movies have less, generally. Yes. You know, yes. you need more and more action. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie basically has three piratey action-type scenes. The first one is the escape, um, which is sort of a... There's a ship battle happening, but in terms of our characters, it's more about them breaking out on foot and you know escaping towards the ship and all that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the, the duel that he has... Uh, the two pirates have so that fulfills the sword fight quota yes yes it does uh but really like you know there's not a lot of sword fighting it's not really a big part of the action in this movie the action is more centered on uh, oh they're on these sea yeah. battles yeah and and they have the big sea battle at the end is the third one and like you said they even reuse some of the footage for <laughs> it do. the focus is clearly not really on any of the actual choreography of the set piece like what's actually happening who's doing what it's more just like look at the spectacle exactly look there's a ship there's a lot of people on the ship. Mm-hmm. Well, there's explosions happening. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to know who's where and what's happening. What's important is that, like, there's action. Yes. <laughs> it's on there's the screen. There's never really a sense of, like, danger or consequences yeah. or anything to the individual characters because we don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And it's just because we don't know where they are doesn't mean we can't, you know, track the spectacle and enjoy it. It's just almost like an afterthought of, like, this yes. Is, this is exciting inherently. Yes. It's exciting because of what's happening, not because of the literal uh, tracking of events on screen. The really exciting part is when they all agree to help because the king is a different king. You know, yeah. you feel like, oh, yeah, like, I'm inspired now. The actual part where they fight, like you say, is an afterthought. It's like, well, yeah, let's watch them do it now. But really them agreeing to do it was the big thing yes <laughs> more than anything yeah that's the stirring moment the the good thing about this movie is that a lot of it is very charming mm. just without of the action scenes it's a very good script um because you really need that from mm-hmm. a modern point of view because the spectacle is not going to cut it for you of course yeah um really the fun part for me to watch is is everything in between um because of course the action has been topped over time but but the um characters can still be likable and charming that's why i like that the crew has so many weird little characters mm-hmm. and all that so i guess i was still answering your question yeah <laughs> um i mean who's your who's your favorite character i mean it, i mean it has to be like the titular character has like to be. you spend the most it's time the with the titular him. role it's the titular role <laughs> um yeah it has to be and then obviously credit goes to errol flynn he's a very interesting hollywood figure it's fun to see him fresh-faced and happy <laughs> what's like the time difference between this and and robin Hood, which i have seen how how long is the it's difference? uh i believe it's four years four years yeah yeah and how long was he really um a big deal i'd say probably about 10 years 10 years max. Yeah. 
Don't quote me on that. I will have to look that up when we cover our next pirate movie with Mm -hmm. him. Um, But it is fun to see him at the beginning in his prime, like kind of on the brink of stardom. There's a a sense of energy to the role. And the fact that he's not only just very striking physically, but also like he does have a a presence and a charisma Mm -hmm. that lends itself really, really well to the role. And yeah, he's just, he just seems like a, a natural leader. Oh, um, who is that guy? Which one? Was it the governor? The governor the guy with the weird is my eyes. MVP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love him. That guy's pretty great. He makes me giggle. He's just so ridiculous. <laughs> he just seems like... He's a giggler. He's such a... Yes, that's it. He's a giggler. Yeah. Um, he just seems like such a stock character from... He's almost cartoonish, but not in a bad yeah. way. Where you just you see him and you immediately are like, oh, this is what I know this that guy. guy's deal yeah. is. I know that guy. That's, that's what I'm before. saying. You know, I love that. Like, just like this guy's played this role a hundred times. Exactly, <laughs> and he's just very good at he it. He gets brought in for crazy aristocrat. Yes. Every week. <laughs> a he different gout. He's the gout actor. <laughs> yeah. um, I really like him as like a side character. I think he's really fun. Um, I would say what was my favorite scene. Um, oh. Do you have one? I can think of one scene that I really like. Yes. A scene where the other two doctors have been rejected. Oh my god. Captain Blood is like um Gentleman. <laughs> I, I can't remember actually. Did he ask them to help, right? With Yes, the, basically um, he was like, I I can't leave the island without some financial help to yes, build yes. a boat. So so they're, they're saying like, they're we'll gonna help. That. Yeah, yeah, and then when he leaves the room <laughs> they're like, Oh, but wait, maybe one could betray him and, you know, basically get a better deal out of doing that mm-hmm. and then he just comes back in to the room like, <laughs> and turns it around on them by saying uh now if one were going to betray me they might want to think uh who is more likely to be believed <laughs> by the governor mm-hmm. <laughs> like the doctor he that, really milks that. <laughs> that works on him or the doctors that failed mm-hmm. but it's just uh i don't know it's a very funny moment for Mr. Blood. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love the the ending scene where you have Olivia de Havilland begging the new governor yeah. for her uncle's life, and she says, "This is the governor." <laughs> um, just because it's uh it's something that was kind of always randomly in my family, it would just pop up mm-hmm. every now and then. Like for some reason, that is just tied to that movie of uh, you know, it's a really fun moment because you also just get to see. I love seeing actors acting in movies. <laughs> Because then you're just like, wow, they are very good actors. Yeah. Because, you know, it's Arabella acting like she's... It's Olivia de Havilland acting as Arabella, who is acting like someone who is distraught and over the top when she's already in on the joke. And I, I like that layer. Um, but, yeah, in terms of favorite scene... I really do like that one, because I like, I like those endings. Um, I don't know. I, I do quite enjoy the whole... Um, sword fighting sequence between him and Basil Rathbone just because it feels so momentous just in film history in terms of like what's coming down the line for these two um, we need your input on their sword fighting skills it's in this funny scene. because um, I don't know if this is the first time Rathbone has ever fenced with the sword it's obviously the first time he's done it in like a pirate setting um, and he's at the very beginning of his career he's not bad Rathbone is not bad guys Basil Rathburn is slightly better. But by the time you get to Robin Hood, he's 
very, they're both very experienced. And Basil Rathbone also got really obsessed with Von Zane. And unfortunately, he loses in most of his movies, even though outside off screen, he is a better fencer. But they're both very, very good um, by the time you hit Robin Hood. Obviously, I think Basil's still a little bit better because he like took it up recreationally. Mm-hmm. But Errol Flynn has got some more experience under his belt. But yeah, it is a fun, it's just, it's just so classic. You gotta you give know? Basil some credit too uh, yeah. for that shot where he has to lay down and they just throw water all over his face. Yeah, with the wave crashing on yeah. him, and then they reuse that footage. <laughs> I think he just did it twice because he was so? a pro. You like to think that? Yeah. That's fair. Um, I really do like that scene because it's like they're they also shot it on Laguna Beach, and that was before Laguna Beach was kind of up and big and really built over. So it's it's just kind of like a time capsule of like they shot this movie in California and they were able to shoot on a beach. It feels like the Caribbean. It just feels like a completely different era, both when it was shot and then also like the time that it's representing within mm-hmm. the context of the movie. And so it's just, I don't know, it's just really fun to watch. It just feels like a classic adventure. You're just having a beach sword fight in the Caribbean. I really like that. Um, I also think the script is just very well written. Some of the lines that uh, Peter Blood has are a little, they could come off really preachy, but for some reason, like, you know, there's some gravitas to it that mm-hmm. it just, I don't know, I just really enjoy it. I wish that was more articulate. He has the gravitas. He does, he does, but some of the lines, he's like, where's your humanity? You know? <laughs> it's just great. I love it. It's classic. Anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Well, it seems like that's that's mostly... That's the gist of it. A little yeah. more straightforward, this, this part of it, you know? Absolutely. None of that supernatural. Oh, none of that supernatural, stuff. mystical, just shake it up. magical stuff. It's just a good old-fashioned pirate movie. Yes. And uh, I'm excited to talk about, uh, to be able to compare it to a later pirate movie with Errol Flynn, when he's a little less bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But until then, I suppose we'll sign off. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.